Everyone has questions. Why am I here? Where will I go when I die? Is there really truth? But not everyone has biblical answers. Welcome to the Pastor Study, a ministry of pastorstudy.org. Join us now as we study the Bible to draw closer to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Here is Pastor Tom Brock. Welcome to the Pastor Study. Today's program is actually part two of a two-part series. So if you missed part one, you can go to pastorstudy, all one word, dot org and see part one. And this part will be added to that after we tape today. So we're talking about how does a person get same-sex attraction and how do they deal with that mm -hmm. same-sex attraction. Mm -hmm. So we're going to watch part two of our film first and then we're going to come back and talk to Tom who has struggled with same-sex attraction. A study of identical twins provides conclusive evidence that homosexuality is not solely determined by genetics. In one of the largest studies to date, researchers looked at the identical twins in an Australian database of 33,000 pairs of twins. Since identical twins have identical genes, if homosexuality was caused solely by genetics, then when one identical twin is homosexual, the other twin would be expected to also be homosexual 100% of the time. Instead, what they found was where one identical twin was homosexual, the other identical twin was also homosexual only 11% of the time. Dr. Jeffrey Satinover, a medical doctor with a master's degree in clinical psychology from Harvard and a master's in the science of physics from Yale, explains why he now believes sexual orientation can change and why he has written extensively about reorientation therapy. I had certain, you might say, conventional opinions uh, that are now the standard opinions in the mental health professions about the nature of homosexuality and whether it was changeable or not and so on and so forth. And I had an eye-opening experience getting to know so many people for whom that was not true. I learned about these group of individuals who were undergoing a change in their sexual identity. And then once I studied the science and saw that the whole picture was just not what the conventional public picture is, I really felt very, very high, highly motivated to write about it. Dr. Stanton L. Jones is a clinical psychologist, researcher, and college professor who co-authored, along with Bark Yarhouse, one of the most significant scientific studies showing that some people with unwanted same-sex attraction can and do change. It is widely believed that sexual orientation is utterly unchangeable. For many years, the American Psychological Association has stated that claims of change in sexual orientation were not credible because such claims of change, quote, are poorly documented. The study we have just published fills exactly that gap in the literature. I would argue, based on past research and our own study, that when professional groups issue statements saying that sexual orientation cannot be changed at all, that their conclusions are inconsistent with the evidence. So for the last several months, um, I had a girlfriend, and we were very close. We spoke often of marriage. There were a few things that weren't working out, and she needed to figure some things out. And um, so we ended up breaking up. 
but it's a good hurt because for the first time in my life I'm feeling this way about a girl and I'm feeling this longing to be with her. Because normally before now I felt that for guys and it's, it's awesome. <laughs> when I started to feel these sexual attractions toward women it just felt great. It was felt, I felt like this is the way it was supposed to be. I don't feel the urge of acting out on my same-sex attraction. Am I interested in having a relationship with women? Yes. Am I definitely, you know, attracted to women in a sexual way? Yes. Dr. Nicholas Cummings is a psychologist who served as the president of the American Psychological Association. He is the co-author of the book, Destructive Trends in Mental Health, The Well-Intentioned Path to Harm. This book describes how the APA has been ignoring the science showing that sexual orientation can change. As Chief of Mental Health for Kaiser Permanente during the gay revolution in San Francisco. Uh, my several hundred therapists saw tens of thousands of gay and lesbian patients. We saw not one, not two, not three, but hundreds who changed and achieved very happy heterosexual lives. Now, I believe in civil rights. Uh, I was very active in helping gays be accepted in the APA. To this day, I am not opposed to gay marriage. But nonetheless, my position is that the person is the one who decides what they want to do with their orientation. And if somebody decides to be gay, I respect that. If somebody wants to marry a same sex, I respect that. But I also respect the right to disagree. What is clear is that some people can and do change, and that um, the research shows that the risk for harm is not any different from any other intervention. The following quote from the medical textbook, Essential Psychopathology and Its Treatment, states, Empirical evidence demonstrates that homosexual orientation can indeed be therapeutically changed in motivated clients and that reorientation therapy does not produce emotional harm. There's a great deal of literature showing that individuals who are motivated can change even without therapy. Some people have spontaneously changed their sexual orientation. In fact, even gay activists will tell you that sexuality is fluid and, and fluctuates within the, the course of a person's lifetime. More people changed a little than changed a lot, but some people changed a lot. Many people didn't change, including ones who wanted to. Of course, there are also a great many people who who I've seen in my practice over the years who would consider themselves to be gay or lesbian who had no interest in changing. And, and it certainly wasn't my job to convince them that they ought to want to change. To say that you can't change your sexual orientation, again, that's just a, a, it comes from so many people who have tried so hard and it didn't ever work. And when someone comes along and says it does, they get so incredibly offended by someone else being successful and they weren't. I can understand that, that makes sense when people are going to be upset about it, but the reality is many people have. Doctors and social scientists who point out the well-documented physical and emotional impacts of the homosexual lifestyle are often labeled as hateful or homophobic, when in reality quite the opposite may be true. A wise man once said, 
an enemy flattereth, but a friend speaketh the truth. Bringing to light the negative impacts for men who have sex with men can actually be a compassionate position based on a desire to help people avoid a lifestyle that is generally fraught with heartache and disease and in some cases even death. The Gay and Lesbian Medical Association recognizes the serious dangers for men who have sex with men in their publication, 10 Things Gay Men Should Discuss with Their Health Provider. They warn that men who have sex with men are at an increased risk for HIV infection. Gay men use substances at a higher rate than the general population. Depression and anxiety appear to affect gay men at a higher rate. Men who have sex with men are at an increased risk of sexually transmitted infection with the viruses that cause the serious condition of the liver known as hepatitis. These infections can be potentially fatal. Sexually transmitted diseases occur in sexually active gay men at a high rate. This includes STD infections for which no cure is available. Gay men may be at risk for death by prostate, testicular, or colon cancer. Gay men have higher rates of alcohol dependence and abuse than straight men. Gay men use tobacco at much higher rates than straight men. Problems with body image are more common with gay men than their straight counterparts. Gay men are much more likely to experience eating disorders. This can cause a number of health problems including diabetes, high blood pressure, and heart disease. Gay men are at risk for human papillomavirus, which puts gay men at an increased risk of anal cancers and the rate in which this infection can be spread between partners is very high. Depression would be setting in, a tendency towards substance abuse, uh, high levels of anxiety. A report published by the National Association for Research and Therapy of Homosexuality summarizes the research showing that homosexuals have a greater prevalence of suicide, violence, antisocial behavior, substance abuse, promiscuity, paraphilias, being paid for sex, sexual addiction, personality disorders, and psychopathology. In addition, researchers at Harvard University, after conducting one of the most exhaustive surveys ever done on the scientific literature related to the health effects of homosexuality, concluded, quote, homosexual orientation is associated with a general elevation of risk for anxiety, mood, and substance use disorders and for suicidal thoughts and plans. And finally, according to the U.S. Center for Disease Control, although men who have sex with men represent only 2% of the U.S. population, they account for 60% of all new HIV infections, are 40 times more likely to be infected with HIV, and are the only risk group in which new HIV infections have been increasing steadily since the early 1990s. A number of studies show that homosexually identified individuals, gay identified individuals, have a greater uh, inclination to become abusers of alcohol or drug abuse. There are many more uh, what we call pathologies associated with the homosexual condition. Again, pathologies defined as self-defeating, self-destructive, maladaptive behaviors. Some people believe that the reason homosexuals have so many negative mental and physical health outcomes is because society does not accept them. They claim that if society would just accept homosexuality as healthy and normal, then many of these negative outcomes would go away. However, in countries like the Netherlands where homosexuality has been accepted for a long time, 
there has been no major reduction in negative health outcomes for homosexuals. A panel convened at the United Nations in January of 2013 called Therapy for Homosexuals a Violation of Human Rights, and a law passed in California seeks to ban change therapy for same-sex attracted minors. Bills intended to ban change therapy for homosexuals have been introduced in U.S. state legislatures in Pennsylvania and New Jersey, and a regional office of the World Health Organization issued a false statement claiming that conversion therapies violate human rights protected by international agreements. These are political organizations, and many of their decisions are based not just upon science, but also uh, dependent upon special interest groups, political factors, economic forces, um, public relations. The entire field has become so politicized, and there's really now only one correct point of view that you're allowed to have without paying a high professional or academic price. So where did this widespread orchestrated effort to ban change therapy come from? I think many activists within the gay community feel very threatened and they're often very emotional and upset and very angry when we talk about change and we talk uh, to those who have experienced a shift or a change in orientation uh, because that possibility uh, takes away from them uh, the very identity or the, the label that they've taken on as a gay-identified person. Reparative therapy is so threatening to the gay agenda because when an individual stands up and says, I have changed, that's a fundamental threat to one of the basic principles of the gay agenda, which is to have people believe that people are simply born that way. Some people can and do change. Now, um, that doesn't mean that people should be forced to change. It just means that they have a right of that option. They have the right to, to a therapist who says, you can change. I will do the best I can to help you. I don't know if you will change. I don't know if I will be effective. But you have a perfect right to seek it. And you have the right to choose a therapist who's not going to tell you, you need to stay that way. You're born that way. There are people that. Um I understand are trying to ban uh, reparative therapy, saying you know, that this type of therapy may bring depression and other side effects. And I believe that even now, whenever I'm sad or depressed or in not such a happy place, like after this breakup with my girlfriend, even then when I wasn't very happy, still doesn't even compare to how depressed I was all the time before. And without that help, I would still be in that dark place that I was. And now I feel so much joy in my life. I feel part of the, the community of men, and I no longer have these same-sex attractions. And my only concern now is that others will be denied the choice I had to seek this therapy. People come up to my parents, or even to my brother, and people that I haven't seen in, in a while, who had no idea what I'd been through. And they just said, Caleb looks different. What's different about him? There's something, you know, he's lighter on his feet. He, he looks happier. What's, what's going on? And whenever I hear things like that, to me it's just a huge, huge statement of just how much I've changed. As human beings, we do have a free will, and nobody can 
uh, infringe this free will of ours. So at the end of the day, it is going to be our own decision uh, what kind of identity we embrace or what kind of lifestyle we decide to lead. But I find it imperative, absolutely imperative, to share the, the very fact that there is an alternative and that there is a way out for those who so wish. For people that have been struggling in their life with same-sex attraction, for those people who want help, banning that therapy, banning that help would be an abuse of human rights. Pastor Tom, you're right. This video in its two parts is certainly not what we normally see with the media or on television today. The media is so biased, you never see this point of view on television. No, but I guess since you've had the struggle with same-sex attraction, can people really change completely or does, do the temptations ever go away entirely? For some people, they do. Uh, for many people, they don't. The temptations never go away. But you know, Jackie, that's okay. Jesus never promises us that we will have a life free of temptation. What he promises us is he will give us the strength to get through that. But, you know, Jackie, every Christian struggles with temptation in some area. So it's not, it's not whether you're tempted, it's what you do with the temptation. Pastor Brock, one of the speakers, though, in the second half said that he believes in the right of homosexual marriage, even though he agreed with the fact that, that he was changed change yeah. was I, possible. I think he's wrong. That's the one thing in this video I disagree with. And I would say that, Jackie, atheist China, atheist Russia doesn't have same-sex marriage. This is not a, necessarily a God thing. You can be an atheist and not believe in it because marriage always has been one man, one woman, for, and it produces children. Okay, in some cultures, one man and five women because of polygamy, but it's always been a man and a woman, not a man and a man. So I, that's the one thing I disagree with. Okay. Um, you couldn't couldn't one argue that the reason homosexuals have more suicide, drug abuse, depression, all the things, that, disease, than the general public is because of society's disapproval? Well, you know, the, it, but in the video they dealt with that. Homosexuality has been condoned in Holland for years, and the studies that they quoted show they still have a high rate of suicide, depression, drug abuse, et cetera. So to blame, Jackie, there's something in the homosexual behavior itself that is self-destructive. And take God and the Bible out of it just for a minute. And you ask the normal person, biologically, do you think it makes sense for a man to put his penis into the rear end of another man? Do you think that bodily part was created for that purpose? And almost everybody will say, no. So why are we blessing this in some of the United States with gay marriage? It makes no sense. So what has happened in California and New Jersey yeah. regarding the reparative therapy right. in that? Uh, you know, that, that video was, was uh, produced recently, but since that video has been produced, California and, and New Jersey have banned what they call reparative therapy, which means, Jackie, if you're a 16-year-old boy and you have this struggle in your life and you don't want it, you want to get some help, California and New Jersey forbid you from getting help. 
That is evil. The young man we just saw, he was helped by this. Not in California and New Jersey anymore. And that just shows you how dark our culture is becoming. How can the states ban something that if you have insurance that covers therapeutic, whatever your need may be, mm -hmm. take it away from you? I don't know, but they've done it in California and New Jersey. Yeah. Some parents and even pastors are saying that the loving thing to do is to affirm homosexuality. We uh -huh. hear that all the time. Yeah. We're supposed to love everyone. Do you agree? Absolutely. The loving thing to do is to help people not die early not get disease, and then you, if you love people, you want them to spend eternity in heaven. And 1 Corinthians 6 says if you get into the homosexual lifestyle or any sin, it says adultery, heterosexual fornication, sex outside of marriage. If you live in those sins, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11, you're not going to heaven. Now, here's what bothers me. These liberal bishops in the Episcopal Church in America, the ELCA Lutheran Church, the PCUSA Presbyterian, the United Church of Christ all over the place, the liberal uh, leaders are saying, go ahead and get involved in this because it's not a sin. Well, if you want people to go to hell, if you think that's loving, then go for it. But it's not loving to help people go to hell. I, I remember an old pastor, Pastor Maynard Forrest, say, we are nicing people right into hell. And it's not nice. Pastor Brock, what should a parent do if a child comes out to them? Uh -huh. How do they handle that? I think you love them. You don't kick them out of the family. You don't yell at them. If, I mean, I get people calling me now saying, my son just said he's a homosexual pastor. What do I do? And I say, you love them. You show them the love of Christ. You know, you say, I'm going to be with you for this, et cetera, et cetera. But if you love them, you never tell them that that behavior is a good thing because it isn't. Some parents compromise and they, they go overboard and they say, well, this is fine because this is who this person was made to be. It's not fine and they may die early and then there's eternity. Pastor Brock, I'm going to ask you a personal question. I know your father died fairly young in life, mm -hmm. but your mother lived quite mm -hmm. long. Did you ever tell your parents that you were struggling with no, this? No, I never did. And uh, I wondered if I should, but... You know, Ma, I had no emotional maturity. Dad died when I was 19. Never even thought of talking to him about it. And I never talked to my mom about it either. Because by the time I was more mature, she was pretty old. And why bother her at that mm -hmm. age with it? So, uh, no, never did. But you mentioned your father, you felt, was part of the contributing thing yeah. to your having those my, urges. My problem was, and I think this is true for most homosexual men or people that have SSA, same-sex attraction, real early in life, you don't bond with dad. And so you grow up wondering, am I a man or not? Okay. All right. So I guess my next question is kind of a two-part question because, first of all, what should the church teach about homosexuality? Mm -hmm. And secondly, is there a balance to that? But I'm going to add one yeah. more thing because what the church is teaching differs in some respects from what the Bible teaches. Right. So can you kind of yeah. give an overview yeah. of all three? I, there's a happy medium. You don't want to be at a church that is so conservative that all they do is rant on, you know, these people are going to hell and these are the worst sinners on earth, etc. His name is Fred Phelps and he's got a church in Kansas and he shows up with signs every, I mean, it's awful. That's not where we want to go. You also don't want to be where the ELCA Lutherans, the PCUSA Presbyterians, the United Church of Christ, and the Episcopal Church in America are now at, and this is new, they now say homosexual behavior is good. It's blessing from God if you love each other. No, it's not. You want to be right down the middle and follow scripture where 
we love people no matter what their sin is, but we still tell them sin is sin out of love. If you tell people sin is okay, you're not helping them. That's not loving. So you do that happy medium uh, that is not happening in some churches. I would say run from a church that is is not teaching the Bible on this issue. Because if you're liberal on this issue, you're also liberal on abortion. You may have prayers to God the Mother. You may be hearing that Jesus is not the only way of salvation. When you're off on this issue, you're often in a church that's off on a lot of issues. How does the church get away from what the Bible actually says? Good question, Jackie. Are we living in the end times? Who would have thought, I mean, Jackie, you were raised Lutheran and so was I. When we were little, if you would have told me or my grandma the Lutheran Church will be marrying homosexuals someday, we'd have said, you're out of your mind. Well, here it is. Yeah, I think I had to be a little bit older and I would never have thought of it. Yeah. If someone is watching who has the struggle, what would you tell them? Mm-hmm. If you're watching the show and you struggle with same-sex attraction, talk to somebody about it, but make sure you're in a church where when you talk to the pastor, he's not going to pat you on the back and say, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, if you Google Restored Hope Network, you'll get a, a, a map of places all over the country that have groups for people that struggle with this issue. Or if you're a Roman Catholic, there's a group called Courage, and they have small groups all over the country. So if you're an evangelical, Restored Hope Network. If you're a Catholic, Courage. So th- there's help out there for people that want help. Tom, how did you find your support group that you were using? Yep. You know, I've, throughout the years, Jackie, I've, and I'll say this, too. If you don't have a group in your area, or for some reason you can't bring yourself to go to a group, get a prayer partner. I have a prayer partner. We talk to each other once a week. Uh, I, he holds me accountable on my struggles, and it's good to you, then you do the same. You hold them accountable on their struggles. It's a mutual thing. So a prayer partner. But then I was part of this Catholic Courage group that uh, was broken into. <laughs> but um, so th- you know, you just call around. You'll, you you can find places. And how do you know that? if you do go for like therapy from yeah. someone that you're going to be going to a therapist that believes yeah. I would ask up front to the therapist uh, and sadly a lot of secular psychologists are very liberal on this issue so I would say in the first session I believe this is wrong and I want help out of it are you in that ballpark if you're not I think I need another therapist well we want to thank you for being with us we hope you got to see both shows in case you didn't Again, our website is pastorstudy, all one word, two S's, dot org. Both of these shows will be available there for you to download, to tell your friends about, or see part one if you missed um, prior to seeing part two. Thanks for being with us, and we just pray that God would be with each and every one of you, granting you his richest blessings until we're together again next time. Thank you for watching The Pastor Study. You can watch more of our programs at pastorstudy.org. We are on the air preaching the gospel of Christ because of our generous support of you, our viewers. Would you consider supporting our ministry? You may do so at pastorstudy.org. Or write The Pastor Study, P.O. Box 41294, Minneapolis, Minnesota 55441. May the blessing of our one triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you today and always. <laughs>